Alright, what's going on guys? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football Talk. Episode 4, uh, what's going on Nate? How you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty well, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty nice, uh, you know, we're about 24 hours away now from the NFL Draft uh, at the time this is being recorded, which is great, you know, the week was going by slow, now it feels like it's going by fast, but this is going to be the slowest 24 hours of my life, and I'm not looking forward to it, I just want the draft to be here already, I know you probably feel the same, but yeah, yeah you know, we'll... We just gotta wait. It sucks. It, it absolutely sucks. So today on uh, this episode, we're gonna go over uh, NFC uh, draft needs. Like I said, uh, previous episode. Make sure you guys take a look at that one. Give it a listen. We go over the AFC team draft needs and talk about some other uh, fun news around the NFL. Some breaking news. But today we're gonna start out with NFC uh, teams and their draft needs. So like previously, I did a mock draft myself on the uh, mock draft simulator site. And I just want to say that, yes, there will probably see be some players in this draft that I already did the previous draft. But, you know, that's just what it is. I can't control the uh, simulation. That's just what it's going to be like. So I tried my best to uh, avoid some of the players that we mentioned last episode. But, you know, there, like I said, there's going to be some uh, players we already talked about. And we'll, we'll just talk about them again, you know, all all the good stuff. So uh, we're going to start out with the NFC East with the bum Washington Redskins, which arguably are tied for the worst team in the entire league next to the uh, trash uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And they only had two uh, day one and day two picks. Obviously, one of those picks being the uh, number two pick in the draft. So I had them going Chase Young. Uh, edge rusher and Justin Madu Boke, I think that's how you say his name, uh, interior defensive lineman. And, uh, you know, Redskins, no, no matter what they take in this draft, they're still going to be trash this year, in my opinion. Uh, not much they could really do, but Chase Young is a generational talent at edge rusher, so obviously that's an A plus pick right there. Uh, what do you think about the Redskins, Nate? Uh, yeah, so I think that the Redskins are pretty terrible. I would actually argue that they are the worst team in the NFL. Uh, especially because they just can't get their quarterback situation found out. Uh, they obviously don't have the number one pick, so they don't have the option of taking Joe Burrow. And, uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good for them. When I pull out my advanced stats, they're last in pretty much every category, so I'm not going to uh, list those off. It would take a really long time. And, uh, yeah, they could definitely use help on the D-line and at edge I, and at linebacker and pretty much everywhere. I don't think that edge rusher is really their biggest need, but they're definitely going to want to go best player off the board here. And uh, who who the best player is off the board at number two is a really obvious pick there. It's Chase Young. And uh, so I, I really can't fault that pick at all. And uh, getting someone that's a linebacker would also be solid. They do have a bigger need there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, edge rusher is definitely not their biggest need in this draft, but they got to go with best player off the board considering uh, – how their team is at the moment there i would have to somewhat disagree with you i don't think they're the worst team in the nfl in the nfl i think it's the uh jacksonville jaguars at the moment but that'll also uh, be determined after the uh draft is over obviously whichever team improves the most and uh you know we'll just have to wait and see i'm personally as a giants fan i'm very happy this team is in my division because they absolutely suck all right moving on to uh the Giants, who I just mentioned, my favorite team. So, in this draft, I have the Giants as the uh, 
a number four overall pick, taking my boy Isaiah Simmons, who I pray to God that they pick, and I don't think they're going to pick it. But I hope, you know, I only pray. I've seen news that they wanted to pick an offensive tackle in this draft, and that's pretty much a lock. And I hope that's just a smokescreen because I want Isaiah Simmons. That's my guy. But I, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Moving on, I then in the second round have the Giants taking A.J. Epinesa, edge rusher, and Ben Barched, offensive tackle. So I think uh, this uh, mock simulator I did for the Giants is, personally, is kind of biased because at me as a fan, this is what I would want to do. Obviously, the Giants can go uh, a very different way, which it seems like what they will end up doing might end up trading away the pick. And um, we'll just have to see with the Giants. Nobody really knows what they're going to do. I know there was news recently today about the offensive tackle and that being a lock at number four. I don't think that's necessarily true, but we'll just have to wait and see. You know, like I've said multiple times, uh, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I know you as a Giants fan and as someone who really appreciates having a good defense, uh, which you haven't really been able to appreciate in a while. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that you really like to get those defensive players uh, and you would love if the Giants got some of those guys. Uh, but I do see the legit need for offensive tackle here. I think that would be a solid pick too. Um, it's kind of crazy. when we mocked the Since we mocked that first round uh, in our early episodes, a lot has changed in that early, uh, those like top five picks. It's looking like we could actually get two tackles off the board potentially with the Giants wanting to pick a tackle and the Dolphins wanting to pick a tackle. If they have the same person on their board at tackle, you could potentially see the Dolphins jumping over the Giants. It would be a really weird, 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 weird first five if we see no Tua and two offensive linemen off the board, potentially no Isaiah Simmons, probably no Jeff Okuda in that first five. You can see a lot of really, really talented guys, guys that I would definitely put in my top five talent-wise in this draft, slip all the way down to potentially even pick 10. So uh, kind of ridiculous how this uh, first part of the first round is shaping out. Uh, but yeah, whatever happens with the Giants, you know, they have a high pick. Whoever they get is going to be talented, whether it's uh, Isaiah Simmons or if it's an offensive lineman of some kind. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that last statement. You know, whoever we get is going to be a great player. I don't really see any way the Giants could mess this up possibly because we're going to get a good player no matter what. Whether we trade, if we trade down, we get more picks and get a guy we still want. I'm perfectly fine with that. We take a tackle or Isaiah Simmons at four. I'm perfectly fine with that. And uh, recently today, actually, I was seeing a lot of news and some analysis were saying that they expect four. I three or four I wasn't exact I can't exactly remember but three or four offensive linemen to come off the board in the first 10 picks which would be insane that four out of the top 10 picks are offensive tackles which is just like crazy that just shows you how stacked this draft is with offensive tackles and how badly teams really need offensive tackles what do you think about that Nate yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of weird. I mean, there are four offensive tackles. There's like definitely a big four, uh, definitely a big four of offensive tackles here who are supremely talented over the other offensive tackles. So if those if these analysts are right and there are four offensive tackles off the board in the top ten, then what are these other teams gonna do? Like, I would not feel good needing an offensive tackle and being beyond pick ten here it would not be a good feeling because almost all of the talented guys can be off the board. The likelihood that we have 
more than four quality starting offensive tackles that are going to translate to the NFL level is so low. So uh, I think teams, now that they know that teams are going to be all over these offensive tackles, they're just going to be scrambling up the board. We could potentially see some trade-ups into the top 10 for offensive tackles. And that market for those four guys is going to come off very, very quickly. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that team. They're just going to start overpaying to try and get inside the top 10 now. And, you know, like you said, the odds of all four of those guys panning out in the NFL are very low. But also, like, they're the big four, obviously. So if those four guys are gone early, teams are going to start to have to reach in the first round for offensive tackles who have second round, third round value. And it's just going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess for a team, you know. So uh, moving on to the uh, Dallas Cowboys, my uh, least favorite team in the NFL. Or second least favorite team, actually. We'll get with the least favorite team next. But I have the Cowboys taking uh, cornerback Jeff Gladney in the first round. Then I have them taking Jeremy Chin, safety, and then Jonathan Grenard, edge rusher. The Cowboys have an obvious need for uh, defense. They lost Byron Jones in this uh, past free agency. So they definitely uh, need a cornerback. And uh, their cornerbacks, yes, they have um, two very young cornerbacks, but not, neither of them are really true number ones. So they definitely need to find that new number one. I think Gladney can fill that role for them. And then getting uh, Chin and Grenard would definitely be a uh, defensive uh, depth upgrades for the Cowboys. You know, their uh, safeties are kind of weak, and they definitely need some help at uh, edge. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen too much tape on uh, on Chin yet, but I've heard good things about him. Uh, and I think that could potentially be someone that they could get at a really good value there. And you said it, they do need cornerback help here. Uh, round one, I'm not too sure about because they do already have Anthony Brown and Shadobe Awuzie. Uh, but they're definitely looking to develop Shadobe Awuzie as much as they can. And if they can get another corner to help him uh, have more of a steady curve of development rather than just throwing him to the fire every play that they have him for the last couple of years, uh, that would definitely be good for them. So I could see the Cowboys going for cornerback, and I could definitely see them going for safety also. So I think those are good picks. Yeah, yeah, definitely definitely can see that with the Cowboys. It just depends who falls to them and um, who they really like in this draft. Obviously, that's for every team. So uh, moving on to my least favorite team in the NFL, the Philadelphia Eagles, the worst team in the NFL. They are terrible, definitely worse than the Jaguars, but – I have the Eagles taking uh, Justin Jefferson in the first round, Kyle Duggar, safety. And then this one, I kind of screwed up for myself, but I still put it down because I am uh, held responsible. I hold myself responsible for mistakes. I have them taking uh, Terrell Burgess, another safety. That one I kind of messed up. But regardless, there's an obvious need for the Eagles to get some secondary help and some safety help. They lost out on, what's the uh, safety name? I'm trying to remember. He's off the... Tip my tongue. Nate, if you could help me out here. The safety that oh, lost his offseason. Malcolm Jenkins? Yeah, Malcolm Jenkins. Thank you. Okay. I don't know why I couldn't remember that. But obviously, okay. they, they need another safety now. They lost their best safety in Malcolm Jenkins. And I think Kyle Duggar it would be a great pick in the second round. He's definitely a top five safety in, in this draft. And Justin Jefferson in the first round would be an absolute steal for the Eagles at pick 21. He's an amazing wide receiver and definitely would be a number one on their team. How do you feel about this draft, Nate? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that Justin Jefferson, wherever he goes, he's going to he's going to be a steal. Uh, he put up crazy numbers in college, and I think that he could definitely possibly translate those to the NFL. Uh, I mean, I just want to clarify, by the way, 
everything that Ryan just said about the Eagles in terms of them being worse than the Jaguars, that was uh, sarcasm for any of you <laughs> who can't pick up on sarcasm. That was sarcasm. They're not that bad. They're they're pretty they're they're not great, but they're not that bad. Uh, yeah, I see them having <laughs> I see them having a really big need in this uh, defensive backfield. So I I like the safety pick, but I think they actually have a bigger need at corner here. I mean, Avante Maddox looked okay sometimes. Darius Slay is kind of a dubious pickup for me in free agency because he definitely had a down year this year, and he might be just trending downward in general as he gets older. And their other corners are Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, uh, Nickel Roby Coleman. I don't think that any of these guys are really quality starters, with the exception of maybe Roby Coleman. So I would definitely say that that's a bigger need than safety, in my opinion. I don't know. Roby Coleman is one of the top slot cornerbacks in the league. I just said, with the exception of Roby oh, Coleman. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like start, you said starters. So I just assumed that. But yeah, Nickel Roby Coleman, the exceptional uh, corner, uh, slot cornerback in the league. That I thought that was a great pickup. And then the uh, Darius Slay trade, because since the Lions weren't going to extend him, might they might as well trade for him. You know, they have a need at cornerback. Extend Darius Slay. You know, I th- I don't think he really had much of a down year last year. Also, that Lions defense wasn't the best last year in general, so that definitely didn't help help out Darius Slay, in my opinion. No. I mean, yeah, I can see that. I also, I just think that like their their safeties aren't so bad. I know Jalen Mills gets a lot of flack, but he's not awful. Uh, and Rodney McLeod is actually a really good safety that they picked up. So I I don't mind their safety depth right now. And I think that to me, a bigger need is cornerback. Looking at Darius Slay here, you said he might not have had a down year, and uh, he got a fifty six point four rating by PFF. So what I saw this year, what I saw on tape. Is kind of verified by that. He was not great in coverage this year, and I think that's why the Lions didn't want to extend him, and it really makes sense that the Eagles picked him up. I mean, it makes sense that the, that the Lions let go of him, and though it makes sense that the Eagles picked him up because they had a corner need, I don't agree with that signing. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I can see the reasoning behind that. So we're going to move on to the uh, next division. We're going to start out with the Detroit Lions. Speaking of the Lions uh, previously, so, I have the line taking uh, Jeff Okuda in the first round. Then I have him taking Antoine Winfield, safety, Raekwon Davis, interior defensive lineman, and Damian Lewis, interior, interior out, I think offensive lineman is what that is, or outside lineman. I'm not really 100% sure the position names are kind of weird for this site. Wait, who was it? Uh, Damian Lewis, not really 100% sure on the uh, position. Okay. Uh. Let's see, Damian Lewis. Uh, that's a different Damian Lewis. I found the Damian Lewis who's already in the NFL. Uh, Damian right. Lewis. So I'll continue. Offensive guard. What is he? Offensive guard. Offensive guard. Okay. Okay, that explains a lot. That definitely justified that pick more for me now. So continuing on, obviously they have a need for cornerbacks now. So the Jeff Okuda pick obviously makes sense at three for them, unless they do trade, which we will talk about later on the show. And then moving on to the later rounds, Antoine Winfield. I know we talked about him in the previous episode, but the Lions still do need uh, secondary help. I feel like Winfield would be a great pick for them in that round. And then getting uh, Raekwon Davis, they need uh, 
help on the interior D-line. You know, they lost uh, Damon Harrison, who's a great uh, run stuffer. And then getting Damian Lewis to just uh, get more depth on the O-line, that's never a bad thing to do in the later rounds. So I feel like getting a third-round offensive lineman for them would be good. What do you think about the Lions draft here, Nate? Yeah, I love that Winfield pick. I think that it fills a big need for them. Uh, the Okuda pick, it's just who knows. Okuda's a very talented player, and I'm pretty sure he's going to translate really well, be a lockdown corner in the NFL, and the Detroit Lions need a corner. But they could see more value in trading down. They could see more value in taking maybe an offensive lineman. But I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll probably end up drafting defense first. So we'll see what happens. As I said before, this first five is so unpredictable, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, obviously. I think the most unpredictable pick, honestly, in the first five is definitely that number one pick with the Bengals. You know, we have no idea what they're going to do. I mean, I, we mocked Joe Burrow, but we've been getting a lot of flack for that recently. Uh, I know a lot of listeners to this podcast really think that they're going to go uh, Tim Tebow, but... We'll yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. You know, it's going to be crazy. All right, moving on to the Green Bay Packers. I have the Packers taking Kenneth Murray, linebacker, Marlon Davidson, interior defensive lineman, and Brian Edwards, wide receiver. So this draft for the Packers, they obviously have a need at linebacker. They lost uh, Blake Martinez. I know they have the Smith and Smith combo, but that is for pass, pass rushing. Kenneth Murray would be a coverage linebacker for them, and I've been seeing so many reports on Twitter and ESPN that he's just moving up a lot of teams' draft boards, so I have no idea if he's even going to be there for the Packers that late. But he fell to me in the mock, hence why I picked him. And then getting another uh, solid defensive player in David Sid on the uh, D-line definitely adds depth to that D-line for them. And Brian Edwards would be a uh, sleeper pick for them in the third round, getting a wide receiver, maybe to fill that wide receiver two role for the Packers next to Devontae Adams. You don't know. Uh, what do you think about this draft, Nate? Yeah, uh, honestly, I think that's solid. I think the wide receiver, adding a wide receiver could actually be huge for them, like adding adding a quality wide receiver to go next to Devontae Adams or adding maybe a more developmental wide receiver. Uh, to compete with Marcus Valdez Gantling and Equinemia St. Brown. Wow, those are those are some mouthfuls of wide receiver. But <laughs> uh, but as you said before, I think their biggest need is at inside linebacker right now. They did sign Christian Kirksey, but other than that, I think they they need help there. They really need help. So Kenneth Murray would be a really good pick. Yeah, you know, going back to those wide receiver names, they got some crazy names there. Uh, I remember discovering uh, St. Brown on Fantasy, and me and my friends just, like, have that as an inside joke now. It's hilarious. His name, I just don't know who would name their kid that. But moving on, we're not going to flame my man St. Brown. You know, he's a talented man. Moving on to the Chicago Bears, they don't really have a lot of picks in the first three rounds. Only have two second-round picks. So in the second round, this is kind of a uh, crazy pick here. I thought it was, would be interesting. I have the Bears taking Jake Fromm in the second round and then Jonah Jackson, offensive lineman. Jake Fromm for the Bears will provide even more competition for the Bears in the QB room with Trubisky and Foles, who already aren't the best starting quarterbacks you want to have. And maybe Fromm can uh, pan out. You know, he might end up being one of the biggest steals in this draft. And then obviously the Bears, they want to improve that O-line to get some run game going for uh Second year running back David Montgomery and also protecting uh, the quarterback that they have. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, so what pick did you have them going Jake Fromm with? Uh, I had them taking Jake Fromm in the second round. It was like mid-second round. Okay, yeah, I, I think that could be a really interesting pick. I'm not a big Fromm fan, 
but I'm definitely more of a From guy than I am a Mitch Trubisky guy or a Nick Foles guy. So I I'm definitely a proponent of them drafting someone. I think the Nick Foles signing was awful. I think the Mitch Trubisky existence is also awful. And I think they should have just gone all in and tried to draft a quarterback in the first round this year. But evidently, that's not their plan as they did sign Nick Foles and they still have Mr. Whiskey. So I think Jake Fromm, to add more competition in that room, maybe develop and become a star for them, could be a really good risk-reward option. Yeah, I remember when people before uh, last season were saying Trubisky was an MVP candidate. That that was just insane. He he He's terrible, honestly. Yeah, he's no. not good. Yeah. He is not not good. Don't know how much I have to emphasize that. So moving on to the Minnesota Vikings, the last team in that division. I have the Vikings going uh Caleb on Chasen, edge rusher in the first round. Oh, and also in the first round, I've been taking Jalen Johnson, cornerback, in that with the two picks they have in the first round. Then I've been taking Lavishka Chenault, wide receiver, and Laryl Murchison, interior defensive lineman. So, obviously, the uh, Vikings, they have a need for some edge rushing. They lost Everson Griffin. So, I think getting uh, Chase in the first round seems logical to me. And then they they lost out on uh, Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne. They had to cut Rhodes and um, Wayne's left in free agency. So, I think them taking a cornerback in this draft is very likely. So, I saw Jalen Johnson fall to me in that uh, late first round pick. And I felt like that would be the logical pick there. What do you think about this, Nate? Yeah, uh, so we all know that I've made it very clear that the Raiders should draft Jerry Judy here. But if they don't, someone that I would like them to target in the later rounds, or even if they do, is definitely LaVisca Chenault. Uh, I think he's going to be a huge steal in this draft. I think he's solid. I've already explained that last episode. Go check that episode out if you want to hear my analysis. Not super in-depth, but my analysis of LaVisca Chenault. So I think that's a great pick. Uh, the trade-up for Caleb on Chasen could also be a really good pick. Uh, the Vikings have historically had a really good defense, especially just a scary defense for quarterbacks to throw and uh, to hand off the ball against. So I I would really, I think adding to that and adding an edge rusher can make them scary. They don't have a huge need anywhere besides receiver on the offense. So I think that's definitely the move there. And Jalen Johnson could also be big. Xavier Rhodes, I actually like the fact that they got rid of Xavier Rhodes he was clearly on the decline, uh, someone who I would make a similar argument to Darius Slay, someone who was once a pro bowler, and I don't think they're in that form anymore. So I like that they got rid of him, and I think they can move on and transi- transition into a younger cornerback core and add uh, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, yeah, glad we're on the same page. Uh, they definitely do have a need for edge rusher, and I think Jalen Johnson would be a good pick for them in the late first round, definitely. So moving on to uh, the New Orleans Saints. I have the Saints in the first round taking Patrick Queen, a linebacker. And the it was a day two. This was a day two pick. Not sure if it was second or third, but I've been taking KJ Hill, wide receiver. So the Saints, on honestly, their defense is stacked, but their main weakness on defense, not even that big of a weakness, is linebacker. So I think Patrick Queen would definitely be the logical pick for them to bolster that defense even more. And then in the later rounds, you want to get some more young wide receivers. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is there on a two-year contract. He's not going to be there forever. They do have Michael Thomas, who, in my opinion, is the best wide receiver in the NFL. So I think taking a young wide receiver in this draft would definitely help them out with depth and maybe help them in the future, obviously, that's the point of the draft. But 
you know, maybe they could coach up a wide receiver and he could become the next wide receiver too in the next couple of years. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I like the pick of a wide receiver there. I don't see the need at middle linebacker. I, I really like Patrick Queen in this draft. I think he's underrated. I think that he's potentially a top 15 talent in the draft. But they already have Demario Davis, who's definitely, an, I would say, an elite linebacker. And uh, they also have Kiko Alonso, who's kind of been inconsistent throughout his career, but I'd say he's pretty solid. And they have solid depth with Craig, Robert, Craig Robertson, too. So... To be completely honest, I don't see that pick happening. I see maybe another team taking Patrick Queen ahead of them. But if they can get that, it's always good to bolster your defensive front. And we know they don't have any like major needs that you could really point out here. They're a very stacked team besides wide receiver, and they already added one. So that's definitely a uh, good draft for them. Yeah, you know, it was kind of hard drafting for the Saints. I didn't really think they had any needs honestly they they really don't it's they're just gonna go best player on the board honestly is what i see yeah i would agree with that i think that maybe potentially a need for them would be at the other cornerback spot across from marshawn Lattimore. i don't know how much they trust uh generous jenkins at this point but i i definitely i don't think they have any glaring needs even wide receiver that we were just saying they have the best wide receiver potentially in the NFL. Like, and that's considered a need for their team. That's crazy. That means that they have talent across the board. Yeah, honestly. Uh shout out Janoris Jenkins, your jersey hanging in my closet right now. Uh waste of a waste of a gift, you know. He left our team and he was a bum after one year. You know, screw you, Janoris. All right, moving on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I had the Buccaneers with the fourteenth pick taking Javon Kinlaw. In the second round, taking Trayvon Diggs. And in the third round, taking running back Cam Akers. And honestly, my favorite pick in this uh, draft for the Bucks is the running back with Cam Akers. Obviously, uh, they have a big uh, hole at running back. So I can see them really filling that uh, hole in the third or second round, whether that be Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, or any of the other running backs in this draft. But any of the running backs they get, in my opinion, will be put into a great role at least fantasy wise, and also, you know, for actual NFL purposes. Now they have Gronk. They have two like amazing wide receivers. Mike Evans is arguably a uh, top five wide receiver in the NFL. Chris Godwin, I would say top 12. And they have the go to quarterback now in Tom Brady. So I think any running back that goes to this team is just put into a great position to uh, succeed on this team. And then getting uh, Trayvon Diggs in the uh, second round would definitely be a great steal for the Buccaneers. He they lockdown cornerback and then getting Javon Kinlaw at pick 14 would definitely help bolster the run defense that they have they definitely have a need for that uh what do you think about this draft Nate uh yeah I don't see them having a need at run defense considering they were one of the top run defenses in the whole NFL last year they've got guys like Ndamukong Su, Vita Vea, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David now they have Devin White after last year didn't they lose uh, uh, Ndamukong Su? Did they? I'm yeah, not sure. and they lost. Uh, they had. I no, they don't have Gerald McCoy anymore. But uh, I thought they lost Sue. I, I don't. I don't know. think I'm not so. Too sure. I'll look. I'll look it up. You continue talking. Go ahead. No, nah, he's still. He's still on the Buccaneers. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> nice fact check there. But anyways, I think that their number one need right here is cornerback. It would really be a dream come true for them if they could get Trayvon Diggs in the second round. But I honestly see them maybe drafting a corner in the first round. I think that's a really glaring need for them. And 
as we know, Tom Brady, he's a very good quarterback, even at 43, but he can't do very well if the offense scores on a defense every single time. Uh, and having cornerbacks that are going to get burnt like toast, like these guys would if they're the only starters on the team, that that's never a good look, even if you have an explosive offense. So I think they're going to shore up that cornerback position first. Yeah, definitely think they're going to go defense no matter what in the first round. Can't see them going offense unless it's offensive line. And like we discussed before, there might be four offensive uh, tackles in the first 10 picks. And if that's the case, then the Bucks are kind of out of luck unless they reach on someone. So moving on to the Carolina Panthers. I have the Panthers taking Derek Brown in the first round. Lloyd Cushenberry center in the second and Malik Harrison linebacker in the third. Uh, Panthers, they're definitely a bottom five team now in the NFL. I know they have the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion, but a running back can't do everything for your team unless you play them at every single position, which is impossible. So I definitely see them uh, being not the best next year. But getting a talented player like Derek Brown would definitely help them out in the long run. He's a top six, top seven talented player in this draft. And getting Lloyd Cushenberry at center would definitely be a big help to bolster and build that offensive line, starting out with a young center, the middle of the line, kind of the uh, the one in charge, that, or I would consider the one in charge of the O-line. Uh, what do you think of this draft here, Nate? Yeah, I actually, I really agree with all those picks. I think you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, you know, Panthers, they're, they're, not, they're like the Redskins. You know, they're, there's not much they could really do. But they, they could only improve, you know. It's not really going to change what their season will be next year, but we'll have to see what happens. Not much of an analysis on the Panthers from us. But moving on to the Atlanta Falcons, I have the Falcons going Grant Delpit, Terrell Lewis, and Jordan Elliott. So with uh, Grant Delpit, you know, they need safety help. Keanu Neal is always hurt, in my at least that's how I see it. I've never seen him really play a full season. I'm pretty sure he has but I don't recall, but mm-hmm. they definitely need uh, secondary help and getting Grant Delpit in that position would be great for them. And then Terrell Lewis and Jordan Elliott would just be a uh, death addition for the uh, Falcons. What do you think about this, Nate? Yeah, I, I really like those picks. It seems like whatever they do, they can't improve that defense. Like they've had some pretty good names on that defense before. They've had like, it seems like they've had a talented defense and it just hasn't come through. I think they're going to keep trying to improve it, especially the secondary, like you said. Their offense looks like it should be really good, too. On paper, they've got Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, a decent offensive line, decent to pretty good offensive line. But for some reason, for the for the Falcons, it never seems to come together. And I I don't know. I predict them always like doing better than they did the previous season, and then they never do, so... I'm hesitant to say that this draft will actually help them, but I think that on paper it's a good draft. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely something. The big thing bringing down the Falcons is that defense. Like you said, the offense is very good on paper, and typically it is good. Obviously, uh, Matt Ryan is getting old, and he needs to show that he still got it this season. Uh, like what he did his MVP season, but obviously, uh, that was definitely in part of Kyle Shanahan. Uh being in his offense definitely helps out a ton as we saw with the 49ers this year and uh you know with the Falcons never being able to get it done let's uh bring up 28 to 3 uh you know that's a prime example of not getting it done great job Falcons uh you guys suck 
All right, moving on to the Arizona Cardinals. They only have two picks in the first two days of the draft. So in the first round, I've been taking Tristan Wirfs, offensive tackle, and Chase Claypool, wide receiver. So I just want to speak personally as a Giants fan. If these two picks happened for my team, I would be so happy because Chase Claypool is a freaking monster at wide receiver. And Tristan Wirfs, in my opinion, is the best offensive tackle out of this draft. So for the Cardinals, all this does is just provide more talent for Kyler Murray, their young quarterback. They need to bolster the O-line. They need to get more wide receivers. I know they got Hopkins, so that was a great addition. They have Kirk. That's great. They have Fitz. Obviously, Fitz is going to retire probably after this year. So getting Chase Claypool to line up with Hopkins and Kirk would just be great. It would be great for Murray and the Cardinals as a whole. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, if anyone if anyone here has any connections, I know probably whoever's listening doesn't have any connections to the actual organizations. We're still trying to outreach, still trying to get bigger. Uh, hopefully that can happen soon. But if anybody knows anybody in the front offices of any rebuilding teams, tell them to look at the Cardinals as an example because the Arizona Cardinals went from being probably the worst team in the NFL and in just like just two years later, they're already looking like one of the teams that's poised for a breakout this year. They made steady improvement last year. They still have a first round pick, cough cough Texans. Uh and yeah, they're they're looking really positive here. They definitely could use another receiver just because of the offense that they run. They can use up to four receivers pretty often. So I could definitely see them adding another one. But other than that, I, I really like this team. I like how it's composed, and I think that they're ready to break out this year. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. Uh, I'll, uh, in my opinion, if this uh, draft had a uh, really good tight end like last year with TJ Hawkinson, I could definitely see the Cardinals maybe even going tight end in the first round, but obviously uh, that's not the case this year. So moving they, on. Uh, they, they barely used tight end last year. If you look at the, if you look at the numbers – their their formations rarely included a tight end. They barely threw to the uh, – I think their number one tight end is Max Williams, who's not bad. They barely threw to him. Uh, all right, that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't really watch the Cardinals a whole lot, so I, I obviously didn't know that. But moving on to the L.A. Rams, they don't have a first-round pick because they traded that away for their starting cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. However, they do have uh, four day-two picks, which is always good for any team. So I have the Rams going with uh, my favorite name of the draft, Noah. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name, cornerback. Then Igbenogany. I have them taking hmm? – Igbenogany? Yes, him. I'm not even going to try. I've tried too much, and i failed every time. Then moving on, I have them taking Prince Tega Wanago. I think that's how you say his name, offensive tackle. <laughs> and then I have them taking Darrell Taylor, uh, edge rusher, and Logan Wilson, linebacker. So you know the the Rams they have a they kind of have an even need a cornerback they they do have Jalen Ramsey but they don't really have anyone else after that so I could see them taking a cornerback in the second round and then they need to uh, get some depth going on the offensive line Andrew Whitworth isn't going to be there forever so I think they could get a uh, Prince Tega want to go to back him up that would definitely be good for them and then getting uh, some more. Death pieces on defense is always good for any team and definitely would be good for the Rams here. Uh, what do you think about this, Nate? Yeah, I'm going to go out and say it and say that the the Rams have issues. Uh, the Rams, they've been a pretty good team for the last few years, but they seem to be falling apart. They're dishing out these huge contracts to guys that really aren't fully proven yet. 
and they've already lost a lot of dead money from the likes of like Todd Gurley and, and, Brandon, had, Cooks. and Brandon Cooks, that too. And their quarterback, Jared Goff, who they're, they've really committed to and they've really said, like, that's our guy, you know. He did. He led them to a Super Bowl, to be completely fair. But he's bottom five in accuracy metrics. Like, he's bottom five in on-target percentage. He's near the top in bad pass percentage. He's, yeah, fifth in bad pass percentage. And the teams that are in front of him on bad pass percentage are, like, bad, bad teams. Like, it's like the Detroit Lions who had – Whoever it was throwing the ball, I forget who it even I was. I don't even remember. I think it was like Jeff, Jeff something. They had their fourth, their third or fourth string quarterback. Yeah, it was bad. Oh, oh Jeff Driscoll threw a lot of passes. That too, that might be. Yeah, weird. there was there was another guy though. I, I'm gonna look it up right now. Hold on. But yeah, you and then, and they also had like another team that's above Jared Goff in bad pass percentage is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who had Jameis Winston throwing the ball. So he's not exactly in good company there. Uh, clustered around that spot is also Andy Dalton and uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers as a team's bad pass percentage was actually better than Jared Goff's, which means that he was outperformed by Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges, which is not a good look at all. Those guys are trash, as we've said before, and I'm not a believer in Jared Goff. They've paid him a lot of money, and their team is going downhill because they have no cap room, and they have players that they committed to that aren't as good as they thought. So I don't yeah, think yeah. that can save them. Obviously, it's always a goal to make steady progress regardless of what situation you're in. But I really don't see this draft helping. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team this year, but I think obviously always getting young players definitely always helps any team. And uh, going back to the quarterback, the uh, third string for the Lions who played this year, David Blau, you know, uh, solid four touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, 94 completion of the 100 on 174 attempts. Uh, yeah, definitely don't want that at quarterback. So moving on to the next team, the Seattle Seahawks. In the first round, I have them taking Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle. Then I have them taking Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, Curtis Weaver, edge rusher, and Logan Stenberg, uh, offensive lineman. So I definitely see this draft being a success for the Seahawks. They get an edge rusher, they get a wide receiver, and they get an offensive tackle. Though they're, in my opinion, their three biggest needs, even though I know they have uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, they might want to get another wide receiver for depth purposes just in case one of those two guys gets hurt. And they have a need for offensive line. I feel like they always have this need every year. So getting Isaiah Wilson in the first in the late first round would definitely help them. And then, like I've said before, any team that gets Michael Pittman Jr. in this draft is going to be extremely, extremely happy with the uh, success he's going to have in the NFL. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, I definitely I like the Pittman pick for sure. And I like that they're getting an edge rusher too. I actually think this defense is pretty good already. But adding another piece that can be an edge rusher, uh, it's a really good look. They have a really young defense right now, and they're just going to continue making that defense younger, which is a really good thing. I I think too many people still sleep on the Seahawks. Russell Wilson is always, for me, in the argument of being a top three quarterback in the NFL. He throws the deep ball better than anyone else in the NFL, possibly even better than Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is definitely superior when he has to scramble around and make things happen. But I think in terms of deep pass accuracy, Russell Wilson is the best in the NFL. So getting another wide receiver that can be a receiver on those deep pass plays is going to be huge for them. 
Yeah, definitely agree that uh, Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is definitely a top three quarterback in the league. I don't think there's any question about it. Some people might disagree, but, you know, that's what I think, and I'm going to stick with that. So moving on to our last team of this AFC draft preview, we have the San Francisco 49ers, and they have some very quality uh, picks in this round, at least in the first round. They don't have any day two picks, but that makes sense. They did make a lot of trades. So I the 49ers early in the first round at pick 13, taking Henry Ruggs, wide receiver. And in the late first round, I've been taking Christian Fulton, cornerback. And I think these two picks would definitely not only solidify them as the AFC champion from last year and maybe being able to, uh, you know, repeat this year, but getting a quality wide receiver like Ruggs and a quality cornerback like Fulton, I think can boost them. In, back into the Super Bowl again. I for, I just completely whisked on that statement before I completely forgot they were in the Super Bowl. But I think that this puts them as Super Bowl contenders, honestly, in my opinion. They need wide, another wide receiver, and they need some secondary help. Obviously, they have Richard Sherman. He's not going to be there forever. He's getting up there in age. Uh, what do you think about this draft here, Nate? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that they need receiver help. And Henry Ruggs, I don't love Henry Ruggs coming out, but I think he's solid. Uh. I think that he's going to be a good option across from Debo Samuel, especially two really speedy guys who can get it done. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Jimmy G either. I know I've been kind of down on a lot of these quarterbacks, but I don't like Jimmy G very much. I don't think that he's going to make another run quite like the one that he was carried to to the Super Bowl last year. So I think this could be a solid draft, but I don't think that they're super viable unless Kyle Shanahan has stellar play calling like he did last year again. And as long as I mean, as long as teams don't figure out their crazy running game with like their four or five running backs that they use, uh, if teams don't figure that out, they're still going to be Super Bowl contenders. But if they do, then they're going to be in big trouble here. Yeah, definitely agree with you on the Jimmy G situation. But you know, we've seen Kyle Shanahan; he does it every single year with his offense. I don't have any doubt in that. Uh, in that team, that they can't make the Super Bowl again. I think they definitely can with Kyle Shanahan as a coach. So moving on to some discussion topics we just wanted to bring up towards the uh, tail end of our episode. So recently today, there was some news that the Dolphins are trying to trade up to pick number three, which the Lions own, to take an offensive tackle. When I first read this, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. They need a quarterback at five. Why would they trade the five pick, move up the screen, get an offensive tackle, when you could probably get an offensive tackle at five anyway? And then I saw that they're trying to trade for that number three pick without trading the number five pick. And I think that would be a genius move by the Dolphins. You know, they have the capital they need, obviously, to trade up to that number three pick. I think this would just be a massive, massive win for the Dolphins if they traded for that third pick without having to give up the five pick. What do you think, Nate? Raise your hand if you forgot that Josh Rosen existed. I'm, I'm raising my hand right I'm now. I'm raising you my hand right now. Podcast. Uh, Josh Rosen, he still exists. He's probably going to be used as trade bait somewhere to a team that's in desperate need of quarterback help uh, at some point. But I think there's still a slim chance that the Dolphins want to keep developing him. It's really slim. It's really slim. But the Dolphins definitely could take an O-lineman here, roll out Ryan Fitzpatrick again, and potentially have another year of development for Josh Rosen. Personally, I think it's time to give up, but I think it'd be a really interesting uh, development if that does happen. Uh, but uh, an even better power play for them would just be to trade up to number three without the number five pick, 
take an offensive lineman and then have number five to take Tua or Justin Herbert, it'd be crazy. That would be a that would be such a win for a draft. It would be off the charts. A plus 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 plus. And uh they're already a team that's on the come up and that would just help even more. Yeah, honestly, the Dolphins really can't go wrong in this uh, draft. I I agree with all the situations that you just mentioned. Uh, I'm kind of sad Josh Rosen didn't really uh, pan out like we all thought he would. I was a really big fan of him uh, coming into the draft when it was that year with the Saquon and Sam Darnold draft. I honestly wanted the Giants to pick Josh Rosen. Kind of happy we didn't now, but I've always been a Rosen fan. And it just sucks that he didn't pan out. So moving on to our next dis- discussion topic the Redskins and Trent Williams. I saw some discussion on Twitter today that the Browns might acquire Trent Williams. And I thought I, I would think that this move for the Browns would definitely be a good move, but I don't know if it's really the right move. You know, do you want to trade that high first round draft pick for an aging left tackle? Yes. I know he's one of the best in the league, but he also barely played or didn't even play at all last season. You know, he, he might need to, uh, he needs some more time maybe to come back, or if he comes back and just gets hurt, his career can uh, get ended. You know, what do you think about this, uh, Nate? Yeah, uh, personally, I got to totally agree with you. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that I think that Trent, Trent Williams, to be honest, I think he still has some – I think he still has some really quality football left in him. He was such a dominant tackle when he was playing – uh, we obviously didn't get to see him last year, but if he gets if he gets sent to the Browns and he finally gets what he wants and he's willing to play, I think he could still be a solid asset for them, to be honest. And they they have a huge need at tackle, and I think that just like I said, in the like if they draft an offensive tackle, it really creates this do or die situation for Baker Mayfield, which is a situation where Baker Mayfield stepped up, but like many times before when he really needs to. When he absolutely has to, when it, like when the game is on the line, I think Baker Mayfield can do it. But they need to create that pressure scenario for him now. And I think that's what they'd be doing by trading for Trent Williams. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's just the age that concerns me, and how we haven't really played a ton of football in the last year. You know, he could get hurt just like that, and his career is just over. So I don't know if it's really worth trading an early first round pick to get an aging uh, left tackle. But he's definitely a stellar player at that position, and. I'd, I'd want him on my team. I just don't know what they – it depends what they give up for him, you know. And we'll just have to see if they yeah, end up doing right. that. So, moving well, on. Probably, probably won't end up, oh, wait. They probably won't end up giving that much, though, to be honest. Because, like, the Redskins don't have much leverage. Trent Williams has made, has made it exceedingly clear that he doesn't want to play for the Redskins. So, they don't have much leverage. I don't think the Browns are going to have to give up a whole lot for him. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, too. He, he has all the leverage, just like uh, some other players in this league. So moving on to our last discussion of the day, kind of a different one. We're going to talk about the uh, draft coming tomorrow and how it's all going to be on Zoom and how we feel about this. And I'll let Nate uh, start off on this one. Uh, what do you think, Nate? Yeah, so I actually I brought this topic to our discussion. Like I brought it to our radar, and I think that it could actually be pretty important. I think that trades might be reduced here because it's so much of it's so much more of a logistical nightmare it's already pretty hard to communicate trades just over the phone with other teams and now when you're picking through zoom and there's the potential for technical difficulties there's potential for delays uh and you really want to make sure that it's absolutely private and secure when you're talking to other teams so that you're uh 
so that you're not getting your trades possibly overheard on or anything. I I just I see maybe a slight reduction in trades here. I think that monumental trades might still happen, like the the big trades that everyone expects to happen, like where there will be a couple of people trading up into the top 10 to take a tackle or to take the quarterback that they're desiring. But honestly, I don't see many of these minor trades happening at, like as much as they do in most drafts. You know, going off of what you said with like how it's harder to do it on the phone, these teams are still going to be communicating trades through the phones. Zoom is mostly just like what they're using to present themselves. That's not necessarily what they're going to be using to discuss trades. I feel like they're still going to just be calling each other through the phones because that's what they usually do during the draft. I don't really, I don't, I'm going to have to disagree with the reduction in trades. You know, there's been so much news about trades happening possibly uh, tomorrow in the draft that I think uh, we'll definitely see a lot of trades tomorrow. Teams wanting to move up and grab those players, man. That's fair. I mean, I, I personally just think that it's going to be more difficult because you're going to have people more spread out in different rooms. You're not going to have a panel of people that are agreeing on the same thing. It could even be like, it could even be hacked. Like who knows? Like there could be, obviously it's a long shot, but there could be a team that kind of like spies on what other people are trying to trade for and maybe uh, gets advantages based on that, uh, based on that spying. Who knows? Making it all digital, it just has the potential to really blow up. Yeah, but honestly, they've. I feel like they've done a lot of preparation for it. They seem right. They seem extremely ready for it. And you know, I'm really excited for this draft. It's, it's just going to be something different. It's going to be crazy. And I think it's going to be the most watched draft in our NFL history for sure. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. You have no idea. I mean, you do have an idea because we're both <laughs> very excited. But it's it's going to be good. And yeah, it's. I'm, I'm super excited, even though it's on Zoom, and even though I think there might be a reduction in trades. Yeah, you know, definitely psyched for this draft. So with that, that concludes this episode. Uh, Nate, you have anything you want to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, keep being awesome. If you're listening to this at 49 minutes and 30 seconds in, you are awesome. Uh, thank you for supporting our uh, podcast here. And thank you for sticking with us this whole way. And uh, I'm sure you're an awesome person in other facets of your life, unless you're not. If you're not awesome then try to change that. But if you are awesome, keep being awesome, you know? Yeah, definitely got to agree with you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you uh, made it to this point, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, whether that be for 15 minutes, 15 minutes or the full episode. We appreciate you regardless. And if you guys want to uh, contact either of us to set up a guest appearance, possibly, you can DM us on Instagram. For me, it would be at Ryan underscore Licht, L-I-C-H-T. And for Nate, I believe, yeah, for Nate, it would be underscore Knackerman, N-A-C-K-E-R-M-A-N underscore. So we hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode, and we'll catch you guys next time. Adios.